You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. All right, well, I'm in the last week of our Barmy Bible Story series. Um, my message today, I've coined it, maybe after Zane and maybe not, but it's called Baby Steps. Baby Steps. Turn to your neighbor and say Baby Steps. I wonder if you had a time when you've been intimidated by opportunity, totally intimidated by opportunity. There's a story once told of a young man who wanted to marry the farmer's wife. Farmer's, not wife, farmer's daughter. Wow. Jet lag. <laughs> Let's reverse that. Good job there's grace in the house of God, right? A story told of a young man who wanted to marry the farmer's daughter. Farmer's daughter. He asked the farmer, what can I do to get your blessing and permission to marry your daughter? He said, if you can catch the tail on any one of my three bulls, then I will give you permission to marry my daughter. He thinks to himself, how hard can this be? So he stands by the bull pen and out comes by the barn the first bull. And it is big, it is menacing, it is intimidating. This thing is scary. He thinks to himself, there is no way I'm gonna try and catch that thing's tail, it's gonna kill me. So he waits, he says to the farmer, let's try your second bull. Surely this is gonna be a better opportunity for me. So the second bull gets released and it's twice the size of the first. It's slobbering, menacing, it's got a ring around its nose. He's like, there's no way I'm gonna try and catch the tail of that bull. That thing is going to kill me. So he lets the bull pass by. And then the third bull comes out, and this thing is tiny, it's weak, it's scrawny, it's half the size of the guy, and he thinks to himself, this is easy, I'm going to get permission to marry the love of my life. So he positions himself, and as the bull gallops, runs past him, he goes to grab but there is no tail. If you ever had a time where you've been totally intimidated by opportunity that you've missed the opportunity. I think back two years ago when Lysandre was, felt in her heart to not work in Wimslow anymore, but to get a job in Chester. She felt that it was right to print off her CV or portfolio and go and knock on doors across the practices of our city to see if anybody would give her a job. So we go to the first place, I'm chauffeuring for the day, I'll knock on the door and outright rejection. They didn't even wanna know, didn't wanna see the CV. The second place we went to, same story, and it is devastating. It, we're upset, we can't believe our misfortune at this moment. And the danger in this crossroads is we could have been intimidated by opportunity, turned the car around, went home, and accepted things as they were. Lysandre, however, decided that she wouldn't be intimidated by opportunity, so kept knocking on the doors of the practices across the city, and one door, they opened it up for her, and 60 minutes later, they offered her a job. 
night. The story ended there last week in Manchester, but it gets better this week because a guy approached me after I preached in Central last week and he said, look, I'm an architect technologist, something like that. Can you refer me and I can work in the same practice as your wife? And I said, I would love to do that, but it's just not how it works. Why don't you do exactly what she did, put on your suit, print off your CVs and go and knock around the city and see what happens? He said, oh, I'm a little bit scared, but I'll, I'll maybe give it a go. This week, I get an email while I'm in Ukraine, and he says, I did exactly what you said. I knocked on doors, and two days later, I've been offered a job. Somebody that decided to not be intimidated by opportunity. And I reckon today, Audacious Church, we aren't called to belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We belong to those who have faith. So I wanna suggest today, there are opportunities all around us, and we're called to be a church who aren't intimidated by the opportunity, but will step forward one step at a time, full of faith, conviction, and determination in Jesus' name name. We pick up this story of unlikely opportunity in the book of Esther. The king right now in Esther has been persuaded by his right-hand man to sign off on a decree to annihilate all of the Jewish population. Haman, his right-hand man, has turned his head, has given him bad advice. And Esther's uncle Mordecai overhears the plot and he speaks to Esther And Esther right now is the queen. Esther has found herself in a royal position that she never thought she would step into. She spent years in the process of selection and finds herself as the queen. And Uncle Mordecai is detailing this plot to her. Esther herself is in fact Jewish. So by the decree, she should be killed. But nobody knows except her uncle Mordecai. This is truly a huge moment. It's a threat of annihilation, the threat of being wiped out, the threat of a whole people group getting killed. And Esther finds herself in an opportunity not of her own doing. In fact, the last thing that it looked like was an opportunity. It looked a lot more like crisis. Thomas Edison says it like this. He says, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. In Esther 4.14, her uncle Mordecai, after he's told her the scenario and the situation, says to her, Esther, perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. The opportunity of a lifetime, in fact, was disguised as crisis. And our opportunities, church, don't always come dressed like pay rises, job offers, favor all over it. More often than not, they come dressed as problems needing to be solved. And I want to suggest today, there are three baby steps we can all take to navigate opportunity. Are you ready? Three people are ready. Are you ready? The first step to take is this is a step forward, is a step forward. We pick up the story in Esther chapter four, verses 15 to 16. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all of the Jews and fast for me. How many people know that's a good start? 
Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then though it is against the law, remember this, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. And if I die, I must die. Esther right now walks towards the king at risk of death. Why is that so? She's the queen. Well, there was a law in place in this time and this day that detailed if you stepped into the king's presence, into his hall, if you stepped through the gate, but the king hadn't summoned you there personally, then you would be put to death. There was one exception to the rule, however. It was if the king extended his scepter, it was a sign of his approval and you would no longer be put to death. She really had everything to lose in this moment. Nobody knew that she was Jewish. She could have buried her head in the sand. She could have turned and walked away and said, thanks, but no thanks. She could have done what Pilate did in the New Testament to Jesus, just wash her hands of it and say, it's not my problem. But Esther, with a little bit of courage, starts to step forward towards the king. And I can imagine the moment, because we know what's happened, we look back in hindsight, but in the moment she thought she would die. If I must die, I will die. I can picture how she's feeling as a, as a person with her knees shaking, adrenaline racing, palms sweaty, throat and mouth has gone dry, as she knocks on the door and starts to make her way towards the king. She was a dead woman walking, but made the decision to take one baby step after the other. Esther 5 verse 1 to 3 says, On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther began to approach one baby step after the other and touch the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. Esther makes a decision to step forward towards the king. And I want to suggest today, church, when you're faced with opportunities disguised as crisis, don't take a step back, but start to take baby steps forward. What I love here is that Esther walks into the presence of the king full of fear of death, full of anxiety, full of insecurity. But I love for us today in 2023 that because of what Jesus did on the cross in his death and resurrection, we no longer walk towards the king full of fear, anxiety, nerves, confusion, uncertainty, but we walk towards the king full of anticipation, expectation, hope, belief, determination, because Jesus has made a way for us. That is good news for you today, that no matter what condition, no matter what disease, no matter what illness, no matter what they've said against you, you can walk towards the presence of the King full of faith. So today, church, when you're faced with opportunity, crisis, and everything in between, where it seems easier to take a step back and say, not my problem, start to take a step forward and come towards the king. Step forward with a baby step. The second thing we all need to do 
when we're navigating opportunity is this, is to step into. Everybody say step into. Step into. And Esther 5 verses 3 to 5, slightly further along in the story, then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? He's telling her she can have even half of the kingdom. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman, remember he's the bad guy turning the king's head, come to a banquet that I've prepared for him. It's confusing this moment, isn't it? Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. In 2014, I got the opportunity of a lifetime to go to Russia. It was an awesome trip. You've maybe heard me talk about it before. We went to drug rehab centers in the middle of Russia where men who once were addicted to drugs and alcohol and everything else you can imagine were sent to. And in this place, in a community of faith and support, they met Jesus and were saved and transformed. It was beautiful to be standing in that place in the middle of nowhere with people who spoke a different language to me, praising the same God. It was a beautiful moment. But the opportunity of a lifetime came with a headache attached. My visa arrived for the trip, but they had spelled my name wrong. My name is three letters. How do you spell it wrong? L-E-E. They spelt it L-I. Good job, L-I. So I couldn't get into Russia. They said, you can't get in with this visa. You need one in your name that matches your passport. So we sent the application. We prayed. We fasted. It was literally at this point, last chance to learn. I didn't have my visa. I wasn't going to go on the trip. I had reconciled and recognized the day before we were meant to go that there was no chance I was going on the trip. But the day before, the postman knocks on the door with my visa in his hand, and I got to go on the opportunity of a lifetime on a mission trip to Russia. The opportunity of a lifetime came with a headache attached and Esther in this moment is truly in an opportunity of a lifetime like none other. The opportunity to save the Jewish people and the Jewish nation from annihilation. But her opportunity came with a headache attached. She had a headache called Haman. He was the one that turned the king's head. He was the one with all of the issues. He was the one causing all of the drama. It was his fault. And if it was me... I would have walked up to Haman and said, what are you doing? What are you playing at, mate? Do you not understand how cruel this is? But instead, Esther brings Haman into the presence of the king. In Esther 5 verse 4, it says, If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman come to a banquet that I have prepared for him. Today, church, on the opportunity of a lifetime, this audacious life, you too will have headaches called Haman. And I wanna suggest today, you've gotta to bring your headache into the presence of the king. 
Why do we bring the headaches into the presence of the king? Because it's in the presence there's transformation. It's in God's presence there's healing. It's in God's presence there's hope. It's in God's presence where we find all that we need. So whatever condition, whatever assignment, whatever you've got carrying with you today, bring it into the presence of the king. Step into his presence with a baby step and watch what the king will do on your behalf. A couple of weeks ago, we were at a wedding. Beautiful wedding of two people in our church, Kelly, Joy, and Mikey. It was an awesome day. And I was being, you know, at the time, dad of the year, if I say myself. I was taking Zena out as she was kicking off so Lizandri could walk down the aisle as the maid of honor. And I was standing outside by the bar and I could see into the worship and the venue what was taking place. And we had started singing, we'd started worshiping. We were singing, great are you, Lord. And as people were singing, the presence of God in our church language fell on that place. We, I could sense the presence of God. And I looked behind me and the manager had walked into the kitchen and she had brought out with her all of the staff. And now all of the staff were standing, lined up, resting on the bar, watching worship take place. And the manager, I watched with my own eyes, literally done this. She said, mouthed it to her colleagues, I have goosebumps on my arms because even she could acknowledge and sense the presence of God in that place. Let me tell you, whatever you're facing today, God's presence is your answer. Step into his presence with confidence because of what Jesus did in making a way for you. Jesus tore the veil. The priest could only go behind the veil once a year, but because Jesus tore it, it was a representation of God's manifest presence on the earth, meaning that wherever you go, God is with you. God is for you. The Bible says, if I go to the heights of heaven, his presence is there. If I go to the depths, he is there. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So church, what are you waiting for? Step into God's presence. Don't sit back and think, I'm gonna analyze. I'm gonna regurgitate. I'm gonna work this out. I'm gonna do it on my own. But instead, bring the opportunities in into the presence of God and watch what the king will do. The king in Esther is not our God. Let me tell you about our God for a moment. He's good, he's kind, he's omniscient. He knows it all, he's omnipresent. That means he's there, he's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. There is nothing that God cannot do. So why don't you today step into his presence with confidence and with a baby step? And the last thing we all need to do when presented with opportunities, whether they're good or disguised as crisis, is this. Is once we've stepped forward, we've stepped into, we've now got to step away. Everybody say step away. Step away. In Esther 7 verses 1 to 6, the Bible says this. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet and as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? And it will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom and it will be granted. I think God is asking some of us, our king today, what is your request? But maybe we don't wanna ask him. Ask God your request. What do you need from me? Then Queen Esther answered, if I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life, this is my petition and spare my people. This is my 
request. This is a powerful moment in verse four. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he? Where is he, the man who dared to do such a thing? Esther said, an adversary, an enemy, this vile Haman. Esther steps forward to the king. She steps into his presence and steps away with a baby step as she trusts the king with the outcome. Verse nine says this, then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king said, a pole reaching to a height of 50 cubits stands by Haman's house. He had it set up for Mordecai who spoke up to help the king. Then the king said, impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai and then the king's fury subsided. When you bring your opportunity to the king, when you step into his presence, we've got to step away and trust him with the outcome because the outcome was not at the discretion of Esther. The outcome was at the discretion of the king. And once you've brought your opportunities to your king and the headaches that come with them, we have to know and be confident in God's goodness and in his character to step away and trust him with the outcome. Even when it doesn't look like what, it lo- what we want it to look like. Even when it doesn't look like what we've prayed for. Even when it looks far beyond what we were believing for. We have to know that if our God is for us, then nobody could be against us. And we've got to step away with confidence as we trust him with the outcome. Esther 9 verse 25, but when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head. And our king today, let me tell you, has already issued written orders on our behalf so that you can trust in his word and step away from the outcome. The king has issued written orders that was ever meant to break you, he would use to make you, that whatever was meant to destroy you, the king would use to deploy you. Whatever was meant to be your setback, God would use to be your set up. Whatever was meant to confine you, God would use to refine you because that's who He is. That is the goodness of our God and the goodness of our King. No weapon formed against you, the Bible says, shall ever prosper. His Word is true. His Word is infallible. His Word is sharper than a double-edged sword. That no matter what position you find yourself in, in August 2023, you can be confident in the goodness of God because it's in His Word. Catch this. Once you've stepped away from the outcome with a baby step, look what happens in this story. In Esther 10 verse 3, Mordecai, good old uncle Mordecai, the Jew, now became second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews and held in high esteem by many of his fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. What happened next was the Jewish people fought against their adversaries with the permission of the king they overcame and they won and they now found themselves in a position of favor and influence like never before. That didn't just impact their generation, 
but the outcome lasted generations. There was a legacy because Esther in a moment made a decision to step forward, to step into and step away. And let me tell you, the decisions that you make today aren't inconsequential. They, they don't just have a little effect, they have an effect for generations to come. So when you feel the Lord knocking on the door of your heart, asking you to start that business, that might be a way to finance the church and influence your family for generations to come. When you feel the Lord knocking on your heart to invite that neighbor to church, you might just be the person that has changed a whole family line because you stepped out in faith. So what is it today, church? What are the decisions that you need to make to step forward, step into, and step away in Jesus' name? Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.